It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. It's a good day to be in a place where God is working. And you know, you have access to this God 24-7. There's nothing really special about this building, okay? But there's something special about this God who lives inside of us that is a part of our lives. He's a part of our coming and our going and our doing and all of the situations and the circumstances in our life. He wants to be a part of that and he will work things out for you, for your good. And we're actually going to talk about uh, that today. We are continuing in our series Anchored and um, I'm excited uh, I'm excited about this message this morning, um, but I don't know that it's going to be one of those goosebumps type messages, okay? I'm just letting you know I'm on the front end, okay? Um, but we've been going through this, uh, this Anchored uh, series, and uh, I've been talking, thank you ladies, I've been talking uh, to, to us about uh, capacity. The Lord's been talking to us about our, our capacity, and, uh, and you guys remember this thing, probably sick of seeing it, right? Uh, how many, how many, anybody here need things like repetitive to actually get it? You need to hear it again and again and again and again. I'm, I'm definitely like that because I'm hard headed up here. And so sometimes I need to hear things over and over again. But we've been talking about capacity. And uh, in, on week one of our series, Pastor Ronnie brought uh, just a fantastic message to kick us off. And one of the most important things that we can be doing uh, in our life, and it is reading the Word. And the truth is, is you're never finished reading the Bible. You're never finished reading the Word of God. The Word of God is what sustains us. It's, it, is, it is His book of life for us. It tells us what we should do. Everything when we are looking for God and we're trying to discern the heartbeat of God and what He's telling us to do or whether we should go left or right, up, down, whatever, we can count on the Word of God to be true all of the time. And if we're not actively in the Word of God, then we do not really have a chance or opportunity to get to know God and His character. You're never finished reading the Bible. The next week we talked about capacity. Capacity. Well, in order to read the Word, you got to have capacity to read the Word. Your life is not meant to be filled to capacity. If this is your life, we talked about a lot of times in January, we'll go and we'll try to prioritize the things in our lives by putting the most important things first and then the other things that are ancillary next, and then we'll fill our life to the top. But what happens is the unexpected shows up and we don't have the capacity to deal with the unexpected things. But also we looked at the passage uh, in scripture that talks about Mary and Martha and Jesus was there in their presence right there on a visit with him. And Martha is so worried about all of the preparations and everything that's got to be done that she misses the real vital point, which Mary picked up on. It's just to be with him. Guys, I don't wanna be a people. I don't wanna be a church. I don't wanna be a person where when Jesus walks in the room, I have no idea he's there. We've gotta have the capacity to know it's him. We have to have the capacity to know it's Him. We've got to stop filling up our lives. Now, we talked about how do we undo this thing? Because one of the things that, you know, I tend to do is I hear a message from the Lord. I say, well, let me take care of it. That's the problem. I get in the driver's seat and I want to solve the thing. The real answer here is surrender. Is surrender. That's how 
We lessen the capacity. God, I don't want to be in control anymore of my life. I trust that you will take the things away from me that I'm not supposed to have and have me do the things that you want me to do. And then last week, to order, uh, in order to, to bring a bit of uh, some concrete to the abstract, we talked about if we're going into the deeper places of God, what are we talking about? And this is what we're talking about. The most important relationship I have is with Jesus. And the most important relationship you have with Jesus, do you know it's not my job to have a relationship with Jesus for you? Did you know that? It is not my job as your pastor to have the relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you something. If that is is Jesus, I'm probably, in terms of being like him, or I'm I'm probably... I'm probably, you know, somewhere out in the parking lot, okay? So, I I mean, okay, so I'm working. I'm in this with you. You understand that? And so many Christians, should I put quotations around that? Come to the building to check off the list that somebody has done the groundwork for their relationship and their walk with the Lord. But the point of Jesus coming was so that you could have a personal relationship with him. You have access to everything I have access to and to the the same access that everybody next to you has to him. So we're gonna continue to push forward today in this series, continuing to look at this this issue of capacity in your your lives. And and I'll tell you, I have so thoroughly enjoyed, some of you have come to me and you've talked to me about what has happened as you have begun to surrender your life. And it has been so encouraging. And just like our sister shared this morning, Jeremy has encouraged multiple times for us to be sharing our testimonies. Boy, let me tell you, there's nothing, there's such encouragement when you share what God's doing in your life. There's such encouragement. So I encourage you to be sharing actively what God is doing. Let's stand this morning. We're going to read a a few familiar, hopefully, passages of Scripture. Let's read together. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And lastly, he says, be still and know that I am God. Father, may we be still and know that you are God and that your word is alive and true. Speak to us today because we trust you. Change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to center in on if the most important relationship I have is with Jesus, then I need to understand that God has a purpose for my being here on earth. You have a purpose for being here on earth. And unlike some of us might think, the purpose that I have of being here on earth is actually very similar to your purpose of being here on earth. In fact, there are, there, are, there are about seven things I believe that scripture offers us that tells us what we're supposed to be doing while we're here. I believe that we're supposed to seek the kingdom of God. We're supposed to dis- display the glory of God. 
We're supposed to proclaim the works of God. We're supposed to grow in the knowledge of God. We're supposed to believe in the word of God. We're supposed to imitate the son of God and we're supposed to share the love of God. But all of those things are functions. All of those things are are things that we do under a purpose. And the purpose is this, not that. The purpose is this. Your purpose in life is to become like Jesus. The summation of all of those things is that you and I would look like Jesus more and more every single day. The summation of all of those things that are, that are, 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 are things on a checklist we could do. Proclaiming the gospel, check. Loving my neighbor, check. All of these things are all a summation of our purpose statement, which is to become like Jesus. How close are you to becoming like Jesus in your life? How close are you to achieving this purpose? I'm going to tell you this right now. If you don't have the capacity in your life to spend any time with him, it's very unlikely that you're going to become like him. It's very unlikely that you're going to become like him. What I want us to understand today is that you belong to a kingdom. More specifically, you belong to a king. You belong to a king. And in this belonging to this kingdom and belonging to the king, you have been plopped into this world. God's kingdom is not the world. Do you understand this? God's kingdom is separate from the world and you belong to this separate kingdom, though you live on this rock, this planet, this earth that we we call the world, okay? You are surrounded by the world system but your allegiance is to God's kingdom. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? And so what we try to attempt to do in achieving this purpose is we try to grab all the tools around us in this world system to achieve a purpose that belongs to the kingdom. You cannot use the tools of the world to achieve things that are supposed to be done in the kingdom. In fact, when it comes to God, the world paints a picture that makes him look like a fairy tale. The world paints a picture of God that makes you think it is make-believe, made up. There's distraction. In order to achieve anything, your purpose in life on this world is supposed to climb the corporate ladder, to become great, to have success, to get bigger, yada, 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 so on and so forth. But in the kingdom, you must decrease in the world. You decrease in the world. That doesn't mean, you mean, you mean I can't have a big job, a good job or a big house. Or, no, it doesn't mean any of, any of those things. It's talking about a heart posture of decrease and not grabbing a hold of and building my allegiance to the world system so that I can worship this creator in this God and have the capacity to become like him. Our purpose is to become like Jesus. Now, the number one way the, the, the barometer, if you will, of how you become like Jesus is love. 
is love. If you do not have the capacity to love, you do not have the capacity to become like Christ. If you do not have the capacity to love, you do not have the capacity to become like Christ. In 1 John 4, 8, it says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. The Bible says, if you do not love, you don't even know God. So how do you ascribe or intend to become like him if you don't even know him? John 13 says this, a new command I give you. Jesus is speaking here. He says, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you. You think he wants us to love one another? Right? I've had a, a number of jobs in my life. And one of the things that I enjoy about a, a leader is a leader who can come in and be very specific about what they want from me. And so I can imagine I would be one of those disciples standing there when Jesus says, a new command I give you, I'm right in. Because he's going to be very specific about what he wants me to do. Love one another. In case you didn't get it, love one another. Need it one more time? Love one another. I need things on repeat. I need things on repeat because, you know, it's easy. Jeremy and Arwen, I love Jeremy and Arwen. They're easy to love because I like them. Yeah. But there are people that I don't like. Specifically, I'm kidding. Uh, there, there, are people, there are people I don't like. So I, I'm called to love the unlovable. And let me tell you something. Because I'm in this process of becoming like Christ, the chances of God crossing my path with unlovable is, is exponentially, thank you, brother, larger, right? Than should I decide not to become like Christ. Because he's going to allow me to flex this love muscle so that I can accomplish his purposes. And there have been times I have an interaction with someone. I'm like, God, I know you're putting this person in my life. I'm going to need the Holy Spirit of God to help me right now to love this person. Because I'm broken and I'm flawed and I'm not like him yet. But that doesn't stop my responsibility in the kingdom to become like him. Right? And so with this concept of love and with this concept of becoming like Christ, capacity brings about the opportunity to grow. And this is where I want to camp today. Capacity brings about the opportunity for us to grow for us to grow. I stated earlier that you belong, you belong to a kingdom and this kingdom is not belonging to the world. It doesn't even look like the world and you belong to it. And, and our capacity as we become more like Jesus, we have a call on our life to grow in him. To become like Jesus is to grow, believe me. And if you know anything about growing, there's a thing called growth pains. Have you ever heard of growth pains? When you grow, it's not always 
It's not always a, 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 a roller coaster, a, a, a walk. Roller coaster is not a good analogy. I meant to say it's not always a, it's actually a roller coaster. It's not a, it's not a walk in the park. Ask any 12, 13, 14, 15 year old. Right? It's not a walk in the growth, man. Growth, change. How many here just love change? You're so excited. How, let me get change going on in my life. Anybody? No, we're not standing up yelling for change. Right? Unless it's our idea. But he has called us to grow. He's called us to stretch. He's called us to become like Jesus. Now, many of us are, have been Christians for a long time on a milk diet. <laughs> on a milk diet. Do you know that milk as an adult will not sustain you very long? Imagine for a moment, I invite you and your family over to my house for dinner. And you sit down and you smell bread and you smell food and it smells great. You're getting hungry. And I come out and I lay, all, I lay this in front of every single seat and I say, bon appetit. <laughs> You're going to look at me like I've lost my mind. Now, if you're insecure, you probably won't say anything. It's a little passive-aggressive thing. You know, later you'll talk about it behind my back. But, but, if, you're, but, if, but if you love me, you'll just tell me right to my face, right? What, what, is, what is this? What, I can't, I can't, this is not going to sustain me. Do you know that if I drink just this for seven days, eight days, a month, I'm going to become malnourished? And do you know what malnourishment does to my body and my well-being? It makes me fatigued. It makes me weak. I become hangry. I become angry. I become hangry. I become angry again. <laughs> and that unlovable person then crossed my path. And you better hope I've got this nipple in my mouth. <laughs> because what's coming out is not going to be good. Guys, he's not called us to this. This is not where we're supposed to stay. We are supposed to grow. And in order to, to grow in the right way, we've got to move from this to this. Okay, I'm serious. We as Christians are supposed to be gnawing on this stuff right here. We should be eating the meat of the Lord in our lives. I'm serious. But what happens is, is we don't have the capacity to develop and to grow to the point where we can handle the meat. And God is calling us to the meat because as we label ourselves Christians and we get into these communities and all we have to sustain ourselves is the milk, we end up hurting each other instead of loving each other. We end up becoming hypocritical instead of doing what we say we're going to do. We begin to say, I am a Christian who belongs to the kingdom of God, but I'm going to ascribe to all these worldly principles. So some of us, as we are opening the capacity, we don't want to go to meet because growth doesn't feel good all the time. 
So we have got to make a choice that says, I'm determined to become like Christ because I understand that there is far more value in becoming like Christ than anything this world has to offer. So God, whatever you throw my way, bring it to me. I want to learn these lessons quick so I don't have to learn them a third and fourth and eighth time. Let me give you an example. I decide to go out and buy a house and a car that I cannot afford. So I have this house and I have this car. I can't afford it, but I just liked it. I wanted it. House and car. Got it. Sign my name. It's time for rent to be paid and I can't make my rent. And so I come to church and I've, I've got enough scripture in me. I attend church and they do a song that says, God will work it out. And the pastor said, or the elder said, that he's going to meet my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I come down front and I lift my hands and I say, praise Jesus. God will work it out. Amen. And I leave smiling because I just know my rent's going to be made. I go home. I open the mailbox. I look in there. I pull out all the letters. Boom. Hallelujah. Jonathan Grisham has written me a check for the exact amount for my rent because he was up here on the microphone and he said, if you're waiting on the Lord, you just pray. And he caught my eye and he just knew I was in need. Praise Jesus. Thank you, God. And I go and I pay my rent. Hallelujah. Month two comes. It's time for me to pay my rent. I don't have the money. And so I go to church. And the pastor says, for God knows the plans that he has for you. And the plan is he wants to prosper you, right? He's for you, not against you, right? And I go down front and I raise my hands. And you know what? It's getting real close to the first. So I even pray with somebody. Hey, listen, you know, I'm in a little bit of a hardship. You know, could you pray for me? I need to meet my rent. It's exactly this much, brother, sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If, if I just, I, I got to have it by the first. If you could let the elders and everybody else know, you know, and, and so I pray and I'm feeling good because, you know, God's already met, met my need. And I go home and I open the mailbox and nothing's there. That's okay. Jonathan said, wait, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait on the Lord. And I get in my new car and I pull out the driveway. Bam! Somebody hits me. Cars totaled. I break my leg. I'm in the hospital. The insurance check covers the car, covers my leg, and covers my rent. But I'm in pain. And I'm suffering. Guess what? Rent doesn't stop. Month three. Rent is due. I just got out of the hospital. I'm in a wheelchair. I'm coming to church. What's happened? What's going on? Oh, can we pray for you? What can we do for you? How can we serve you? What can we... Man, I just... I, 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 my car's been hit. I got a broken leg. I can't meet my rent. <laughs> Will you pray for me? I know God is for me, not against me. You know, And, and you do all that thing. I roll up to the mailbox, check the mailbox, no rent. Go up to my door and there's an eviction notice. I gave you three scenarios. Which one was God in? Every single one of them. Here's the reason why. You made a dumb decision. 
to buy a house and a car that you could not afford. And God who loves you and is a disciplining father is not going to enable you to continue to make decisions that bring you harm. And what we don't understand is in the pathway of becoming like Jesus, sometimes he will allow you to walk through hard things. And if you are drinking milk, then you will walk away. But if you are eating meat, then when something rides up, like boom, hits your car, you say, God, I don't know what you're doing right here, but I trust you. So tell me what you want me to learn. Tell me what you want me to learn. Another example, my daughter loves chocolate. She says, Daddy, can I have a plate full of chocolate for dinner? That's what I want for dinner. Every assorted of chocolate that you can find, I just want a plate full uh, of chocolate. In fact, Daddy, you have told me that all I have to do is knock on the door and you will answer. <laughs> you said, if I ask, it shall be supplied. Daddy, you say that you will meet my needs according to the things that you have, not that I have. And, and Daddy, I'm just going to tell you, I want to thank you in advance for your faithfulness and your provision in my life for, for this chocolate that I'm believing. And you know what? You, you know what? Daddy, you also say where two or three are gathered, I got my sisters together, and we just are believing that there's going to be an abundant overflow of chocolate that I'm going to be able to share because, you know, I'm not supposed to hold on to the blessing myself. I'm supposed to give it away to everybody else. And so she's walking around in confidence because she just knows when she gets to the dinner table, there's going to be a big plate of chocolate. And she gets to the table and she sits down to a plate of broccoli. Now, many of us, when we see the plate of broccoli, we're going to run away. I say, you don't, I don't belong to you. You don't love me. We kick and we scream because we don't understand that the father has the best interest in mind, even though he doesn't give us everything we want. And if we keep in a posture of drinking milk, we will never grow from that place. See, here's what you don't understand. There should come a point where I can hand my daughter all the chocolate in the house because she's mature enough to understand the quantity with which she should eat in proportion to broccoli. But it takes maturity and growth for that to happen. And I'm not willing to give the chocolate until she learns. She learns that the reason I withheld it is for her good. Guys, God wants to work out the situations in your life. But he does not guarantee that there's not going to be trouble, that there's not going to be pain, that there's not going to be obstacles. You're here praying for peace. You know what, the God, you know what God does about peace when he's trying to grow you from milk to meat? When, when you're praying for peace, he puts obstacles in your way to cause you to have to flex that muscle of peace. You've heard it said before, don't pray for patience. Lord, give me patience. Okay, here's an opportunity for you to be patient. Let me tell you why he gives you opportunities to do these things. Because if you are becoming like Christ and you acknowledge that the spirit of the living God is inside you, you already have access to peace and patience. You have access by the Holy Spirit of God that you have not activated in your life because you have not reached a level of maturity to understand that everything you need is inside you. 
But you are using all of the things around you in the world to become like Christ, and that's not where you're going to find it. This is good. (laughs) This is good. We have to graduate from drinking milk to eating meat. And I believe specifically that's where he's calling Springhouse. Guys, the Lord gave me a vision at the beginning of this year, uh, beginning of, of last year, that we are to be a house that loves big. Guys, and I believe we do that. We love big. But the second thing in there is that we would live truth. That we would live truth. And living truth is not just when I think, it, I, think I agree with it, or it's my idea, or it feels good. Truth is truth regardless of how you feel about it. Regardless of how you feel about it. Worship team, you can start coming back. I've got two scriptures I want to share as well. Um, last week, Marcella Gallioni in the kids ministry was teaching in, in the Sunday school about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. You know the story of the Good Samaritan? You need to look it up, okay? The Good Samaritan. And so Ruby leaves the classroom with this bag and this understanding and this teaching of the Good Samaritan. And so I'm leaving with my daughters last week and I have Nora in my hand and Lucy is on the other side of Nora. And what I like to do, if you're, if you're a parent, maybe this is something you've done before, but there are steps leading out of the church. And what I like to do is take my daughter and pick her up by her arm where her feet hit the ground. Have you ever done that with your kid? You'll pick them so they'll skip the steps down. I did not effectively communicate to Lucia what I was about to do with Nora. And so while Nora uh, hit the ground the right way, Lucia came tumbling down and gashed her knee open. So she's screaming in the parking lot and I am going to grab her and I'm trying to comfort her and care for her. And Ruby, without missing a beat, says, Daddy, I've got something to fix this situation. I've got, I'm prepared. I've got something in my bag. And I keep saying to Ruby, stop talking to me. Stop yelling right now. Now's not the time. Stop it right now, Ruby, or you're going to be in trouble. And so Ruby backs up and she starts to tear up. And it hits my spirit. Listen. And I look at Ruby. I say, Ruby, what? And she says, Daddy, In my bag, I have a Band-Aid. I have tissues. Because today in class, I learned that when there's somebody in need, you help. And I was prepared. And because I wanted to be the dad and I wanted to be the one to fix the issue, to fix the situation, I wasn't listening to the person that had the answer. Last week, I talked about being in the boat and God says, I'm going to call you out so you're only paying attention to me. God has called some of us to be Ruby. And here's the interesting thing. Lucia is older than Ruby. It doesn't matter how old you are. What matters is how mature you are in Christ. She was equipped. She was equipped to help in the time of need. Isn't that how God works? But let me tell you something. I learned a lesson in that. And guess what? Me learning a lesson, my daughter had to go through some pain. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? God will use our 
momentary afflictions. He will use the pain in our life to grab our attention and to teach us something. And where we miss it, guys, is that when we go through pain, we give up and then we end up going through more pain. And then we end up going through more pain and then more things. And we say, where are you, God? You have abandoned me. And God's saying, no, I've been here the entire time. But you keep looking everywhere else except for me, to me, for the answer to your problem. Guys, our relationship with Christ is to be genuine and authentic. It is real. It's not a fairy tale. It's not made up. It's as real as me standing here. And he has a purpose. He has something to say about everything that you're going through. When Jonathan was up here and he was talking about wait, and Michael was talking about waiting on the Lord, that is the best thing to do. When you wait on the Lord, you renew your strength that you didn't have. When you wait on the Lord, he teaches, he does some surgery inside you. He gets those molars coming in so that you can chomp off more. So where is the hope in this message? It sounds like, Kevin, you're saying, I follow Christ and I get beat up. Yes, I'm saying that to a degree. Where's the hope? Well, the hope is Ruby loved Lucia so much that she helped her. And you get to help people too. God's most valuable resource on the planet is people. He's going to use you to help other people. There are people in need sitting in the same row as you. But because you're looking everywhere else or because you're drinking milk and you're down here worried so much about your situation and not trusting God, you don't have eyes to love other people. Guys, we've got to begin living truth. I want to be walking with people who are eating meat. Let's have a big steak dinner with the Lord. Let's start having some sustenance in our life. Let's stop just quoting John 3, 16, and let's actually learn the whole book of John 3 and, and the other chapters in the Bible. And, and let's learn about this God who created the universe. I was down here uh, last Sunday night. Let me tell you something. We got a service tonight. And last Sunday night, if you were here, God showed up in just an amazing way. Last night, God said, Kevin, if you will just seek me with all your heart, I will take you from Genesis to Revelation. This is just the Genesis, people. I don't know where you are in your walk, where you are in your position of surrendering to him. But there is an invitation on the table for you to become like Jesus. There's an invitation for you to become like this incredible God. And he will begin to show you things. He will begin to do things in your life that will make you so much want to deny anything that the world gives because it will pale in comparison. And you will begin to grow up. You'll become a toddler in the kingdom and then a preteen and then a teenager in the kingdom and then an adult. And he will trust you with more things. I want to be trusted in the kingdom by this God but I've got to grow and you get to grow too. And we get to grow together, right? I want to commit to you to love you enough, Smitty and Kathy and Sandy and Jill and Justin. I want to commit to you to love you enough that, man, if I see you messing up, I'm not here to judge you and indict you. I'm here to say, man, 
there's a better way. And I need you guys in my life, if you see me saying something, doing something and that just doesn't line up with Christ, Kurt, I need you to be bold enough to come in my life and say, hey man, listen, I love you too much to let you keep acting that way. I love you too much. To, you, you, you're, you keep scraping your knee on the same step, Kevin. If you would just, if you change this one thing, if you would just do this one thing, you would actually step down the steps the right way. Don't want to be a bandaged Christian all the time drinking milk. I want to be a whole Christian eating a steak dinner. I'm a far way off, guys. I'm in this journey with you. But that's why I'm glad that not only do we love big and live truth, but we're a healthy family. We're a healthy family. Would you stand with me? So as we go back into this song, God will work it out. Maybe there's a different perspective this morning. God, yes, you will work it out, but it may not be worked out the way that I thought you were gonna work it out. So God, I'm willing to surrender and trust that you're gonna work it out in the way you want to and that you will teach me along the way. Let's worship.